We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. <laughs> wow, that good. was a, that, that was top five right there. I'm uh, Neil McCready. That's Tyler Siski here on the show. It's Monday, April the third. <sighs> Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, better than the Oxford Orioles, apparently. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Hope you had a good weekend. It's uh, the final day of the college basketball season. LSU is the women's national champion. Either San Diego State or almost certainly UConn will be the men's national champion after tonight in a game that doesn't start until 8.20? 8.20. Get you some of that, cuz. Will you be awake? No. What time do you go to bed? On weekdays, if I'm disciplined, mm-hmm. uh, I get in the bed around 9.45, try to be asleep by 10. Really? Mm-hmm. Laura sets an alarm for either six or before six, and I, I like to try to. And I'm not a great sleeper, so I'm going to wake up periodically throughout the night. So if I want to get seven hours of sleep, I need to be asleep by ten. Damn. What time do you go to sleep? Shit. Um. Midnight, one o'clock. Really? Yeah. What time do you get up? Um, I set the alarm because I take the kids to school at eight, so. I usually get up about six thirty, six forty. If I don't get up, you know, before that, but um, I have to sleep with a TV on. My wife cannot sleep with a TV on, so I do the old AirPod thing. Um, or if she the goes, light doesn't keep you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I like it. Dark. Light, noise, nothing. When I'm asleep, I'm going to sleep. Now it takes me a long time to go to sleep. It takes me a long time to wake up. But once I am asleep, I mean, I'm out. Really? Yeah, I don't yeah, wake up no, I, like I, by noises and stuff. I wake up repeatedly at, at night and have a difficult time often going back to sleep. If you just put me in a dark room, no chance going to sleep. I'll just sit there for no telling how long. I need something to to take my mind off things because my mind just races. Well, that's me. I wake up and my mind starts running. That's why I need something like a TV program. And like I don't tax care. money, tax season? 
I wake up and I'm thinking, okay, how much is it going to be? What's it going to be? What's, it's going to be this. Lots I'm, of I'm doing I'm doing math. Doing math, huh? In my sleep. Yeah, I just, dude, I, I don't know. All right, so uh, let's crank this thing up, man, because I know you got to go get your car done today, huh? Well, I'm, I'm uh, picking up your truck. I, no, uh, but I'm. I think. Oh, your truck's out there. Corey's delivering a vehicle. One of my girls. You got a new one? No. Oh. Campbell, her, not that anyone cares. Campbell's. I do. That's why I asked. Campbell's vehicle had a list of things that needed to be done to it, and then when they got it in there, they discovered that, um, had a water pump issue. Oh. That needed to get fixed or else. And so we got it fixed. Campbell's been driving Caroline's car because Caroline can't drive because of her shoulder. Yeah. Um, I broke the rules. I just drove one-handed. I told her she couldn't. And so we didn't leave a car up there so that she could because otherwise I'd fear. But if she did it and there was an accident, you'd liability. Sure probably not like that. I just didn't want to take a chance. Yeah. So... All right, so uh, yeah, I, I had I'm, only reason I'm talking about this is I, I found myself. This this should be like a weekly segment we do every time we come back from the ballpark. Before you do it, let me tell you that we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, uh, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I've always got it memorized. I love me some rain. I've uh, got the rollable cherry lime today. It's one of my favorites. I'm going uh, back on the fa- finally found one, so I was excited about that. All right. Oh, okay, guys. So Earl Campbell was trending on Twitter, and I was like, oh, God, but it's just his birthday. Happy birthday, Earl. God, I loved Earl Campbell as a kid. He's I loved the, Ori- the, the Orioles, the Oilers <laughs> as a kid. Um, I had an uncle. My uncle George lived in Houston. and uh, Uncle Jorge. And in, in, in the middle of all the Love You Blue stuff, he was friends with Bud Adams, the former owner. Yeah. And uh, so Dan Pastorini and Earl Campbell. And uh, I mean, I was like a nine, 10 years old. That's yeah, before my time, but yeah. I don't know who they are. Uh, Robert Brazil. Uh, I Mike, say it was before my time. I just don't remember, but I was alive. Kenny Burroughs, I think. I'm trying to think how many Oilers from that. T- Mike Renfro. Billy White Shoes Johnson. I, Billy White Shoes Johnson. Ooh. I still believe that uh, Mike Renfro had both feet inbounds against the Steelers. I think that we were robbed. We were headed towards the Super Bowl. And I think Mike Renfro got his feet in. Okay. And I was I, devastated. Bum Phillips said. As big kn- of a football guy as I am, I have no recollection of that play. Bum Phillips says we're going to knock on the door and we're going to knock on the door and eventually we're going to knock it in and we just never quite knocked it in. But yeah. There were some big moments, though, with the Oilers. Have you ever seen the movie Blow? I've not. With uh, uh, Johnny Depp. I've not seen it. He's got one of, one of the drug guys is named George, and he goes, George, George. So every time you say George, that's what it reminds me of. Very underrated movie if you haven't watched it. It's one of my favorites. Great soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks to a movie in a long time. That and Forrest Gump, if you're a classic rocks guy. But we should make this like a, a weekly, a Monday segment after every one of these tournaments. Because I seem to find new icks every time I come back from the ballpark. And so um, our Oxford Orioles, the McCready and Siski official uh, team of the our favorite team, the Oxford Orioles. It's our favorite seven U team of all time. Uh, which might also be the worst baseball team ever assembled um, since they've been <laughs> since they've been playing with a uh, stick and a ball. 
we took it on the chin this weekend, Neil. We gave up 59 runs in three games. <laughs> 59. 59 runs. In less than 20 a game. In three games. Yeah, you know, got a little but got, you know, gave lost well, gave know, up 22 on the first game on Friday night, gave up 23 in the second game Friday night and gave up like 14 or 15. Uh, oh, you got better. In the uh, Well, you last know, game. this is what happens. Your coach was <laughs> hanging out on the internet playing on a YouTube stream. He's probably stream. here. Playing on a YouTube stream when he should have been figuring out pitching rotations and how his, how, how his team was going to get better. And, you know, you, you know, fool around, find out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and when, so the, when, the ball, when the balls hit, our best defense is gravity because whenever <laughs> gravity decides that the ball's going to stop, that's usually when we get it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no stopping it. Defense uh, is not your uh, strong suit. No. Uh-uh. We, it's just, it's like ground ball up the middle will go. Uh, little Noxie will play. My son will play. Pitcher, shortstop, he plays all over the place. But he was at pitcher. Ground ball went through his wickets, went through the wickets of the shortstop, and then the center fielder tried to run over there and get it, went through his wickets too, rolled all the way to the fence. I'm well, like, wait, did, <laughs> did you look good? Did y'all look good? Let me tell you something. The uniforms, we may have the best uniforms in 7U, Okay. We rolled out with the orange tops, gray okay. bottoms. Oh yeah, for uh, what, what, Friday night. What hat? Uh, same. It's the same traditional old uh, Orioles hat with a white, black, and orange bill. Okay, cool. Major League hat. Yeah. And then Sunday rolled out the all whites, oh, super clean. That's nice. Super clean. That's nice. I mean, look, we look good now. That's nice. We look good. Had the script Orioles across the front. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Good. Um. But plain uh, white pants, or you have a stripe down the side. Oh, you got me there. I think okay. we have a stripe. Okay, I can't remember. All right, I can't remember. So you look good. Look good. Look good. But the uh, took some on chin. But I got two new icks. Um, <laughs> here are my two new icks. And if this is you, I apologize in advance. But it is the ick of mine. So and we we go to the tournament. Which by the way, uh, entry fees this week were ten dollars a game a day. So we dropped a, a hundred bills from the Siski family this weekend. Okay. Um, but ten bucks, ten bucks per per day. Is every team now these kids have walk up songs? Okay. So how this works is this: is we have usually a mom with some massive Bluetooth. It looks like a suitcase. It's like everybody went to the same store to get the same speaker. It's a suitcase, little like you're going through the airport. Okay. But it's a speaker instead of a suitcase. All right. Okay. And so this is all new to me. This I, is all new. I, I, I never right. saw this. I've I've been with my older kid around some tournaments, and I've seen this before, but very rarely. Okay. okay? I think this they it loses its juice as you get older. Hopefully, well, let's hope. <laughs> Allegedly. So every single team is rolling with rolling with the same speaker, and it's up to bat number four, Neil McCready. Boom. Whatever your song is, right? Okay. So we do that. What are what are the typical walk up songs? Are they uh, all sort of? They're all over the place. Okay. My favorite this week. I yeah. didn't tell you this. My favorite this week is that when I started like shaking my head, like, "What are we doing?" Because I think I was the only one um, that got it. Okay. Definitely the only one in this demographic of people that got it. Okay. Uh, because I grew up a little bit different than than most people. Is. Um, they were playing. Some kid gets up and he has uh, "Chicken Head." It's a rap song. Ch -ch -ch Chicken Head. Well, what he doesn't realize is that song is about a crack whore. 
Okay, that's it's a rap song. <laughs> yeah. About a crack whore. Right. That's what it's about. Well, how do you know that he didn't? It might be his thing. No, but the mom's playing it, right? Maybe like it's a, maybe his nickname's Chicken Head or Chicken or something. Like cool, but like yeah, I, I'm, we're seven years old and we're 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 pumping songs about crack whores. You know what I mean? Like what are we doing? I, I, so I was I was cracking up laughing. All right, my wife has no idea what I'm like. She doesn't get it. Nobody got it. But I was just I was just dying laughing. And so um, anyway, that happened. And then. Um, in between innings, you got so you got four ballparks right there together, right? And everybody wants to play DJ, and so they pull out their favorite two thousands jock jam from uh, the, uh, on their phone, and we got who let the dogs out to whatever your favorite uh, jam back in the late nineties and two thousands were, and it's just like a DJ off. So yeah, that was that was ick uh, one. We just gotta like let's 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 bring it down just a little bit, and then uh, the last thing is. This would be a good one for the stream, too, but what age do we stop gaslighting our kids? When you say that, you mean telling them that they're the future center fielder for the yeah, real Orioles? Like, I'm out there watching my kid, man, and you know, he has you know 14 errors, goes 0 for 9, 9 strikeouts. Um, his his best hit you know, may go on like two inches past the, the uh, like little line they have to make a fair ball. Right, I, and then, then you're like, man, you played great, man. That was awesome. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be the best baseball player ever. Like, at what point do we stop gaslighting our kids? Um, I don't think you should ever do that to your kids. I mean, if, if we want to have, like, our parenting moment of the day. Um, I only had one boy, obviously with girls. My oldest, Campbell, was not into sports. She played some basketball. And then probably sprained a finger and was like, that's that. Which is fine. That's not, was not what she wanted to do. She didn't want to play basketball. She played some softball and actually liked it, but did not like. If we're just being completely honest, I don't think like some of the stigmas attached to it and sort of moved on from it. Uh, Caroline was always in the dance. And then Carson. Um, I never did that to him because two reasons. One, I don't want to live vicariously. Through another person, no. I think it's incredibly unfair to that person. Um, <laughs> what am I missing? I just said ask for wins first. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't think you should do that. I, I think you should be honest with your kids. I always just tried to consistently say the truth, which is I really just love watching you play. Right? Like I go to Carson soccer. You 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 want to see me as a fan? Go to an Oxford High School soccer game. I'm a fan. I want the guys to win. I'm cheering for everybody. I don't know what the hell I'm watching necessarily. I figured I'm learning soccer pretty good. Yeah. But I, I, I never played. So I have no, I mean, not really played a year of YMCA as right. a kid or something. I've never really played what they're doing. I don't, I don't know how difficult it is in the middle of the field, for example, to receive a pass from 30 yards away, play it with your feet, turn it, move it forward. Make a make a ball forward to a striker. I, I I don't know how hard that is. It looks hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've never done it. I couldn't do it. So it makes me kind of the perfect soccer dad. I just cheer for my kid, right? Yeah. But like he's going through a deal now, where, um, you know, it's the first part of the very early part of the r- recruiting stuff. Yeah. For soccer, and there's not many opportunities right. for boys, right? Um. By the way, uh, congrats to Parker Martin, plays for Oxford High School girls. She uh, is going to Southern Miss. Okay. On a uh, on a full soccer scholarship. 
Um, I know her parents. They're great people. I'd like to say congratulations to the parents. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it was a, I know it was a big decision, and uh, she got a she got a scholarship offer at Southern Miss and took it. And so congratulations to Parker and uh, her family. Uh, happy for the the uh, Lady Chargers. Um, but anyway, I mean, like you know, he's going through this deal about what do I do? Do I should I go to an ID camp? Should I do this? And I, and and I've told him the same thing every time, which is, look, you do what you think you want to do. Don't make a decision based on what you think I want you to do because it doesn't matter to me. If you go to college to play soccer anywhere, that's your call. I'm not the one that has to get up and go to the workouts. Right. I don't have to go. Not going to go. I'm, I, I don't have to uh, sacrifice the things that you sacrifice to be an athlete in college, no matter what you play. I, I, don't, I don't have to go lift I don't have to go run the all the conditioning you do. I don't have to go through the, the wear and tear of a season. I don't have to play hurt. I don't have to do all of those things that you have to do if you play. So that's a decision that you make for you. You don't make it for me. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I, I'm going to love you if you play soccer. I'm going to love you if you don't play soccer. Yeah. Right? And, so, and I'm going to love you if you score five goals a game, and I'm going to love you if you never, ever play a snap, if you are a, a, a minute, if you lose your starting spot and you sit on the end of the bench, it's not going to impact my feelings for you. Correct. So, so as a parent, I've always just kind of tried to approach it that way. But I think you have to be honest. Like when he was making the decision about basketball versus soccer, and I did for him what I think he kind of wanted me to do was to try to get as educated as I could on what his options might be. And when it was coming down to it, I mean, I remember telling you this, I think. I think he was like the last cut in basketball. And I did something that day that I've never done before. I never watch practice ever. Okay. I don't, I don't watch my kid practice. I don't think it's fair to my kid. Right. I don't think it's fair to his coach. I don't watch practice. Now I might be out there like club practice because they're in Tupelo. Right. You have a choice. A lot of times. I don't, I don't, if I have nothing to do, I go over to the field next to their field that has a big track around it and I walk the track for an hour and a half, but I don't watch practice. So I don't know. But that that night I watched practice and I remember thinking to myself, oh boy, I hope I haven't pushed him into something because this whole basketball thing was he tried out on a whim for an AAU team. He was like, I would think I'm going to go try out for AAU. And I was like, cool, go have fun. Because playing basketball is fun for right. him. He loves it, you know, loves the game. It's fun. Go goof around, shoot. And he goes, I'm going to try out for this AAU team. And I went, okay. I was on the road somewhere. And uh, he goes, I'm not going to make it. I just, some of my buddies are out there. I'm just going to go play basketball for the day. Right. I went, cool, have fun, man. Be good. Well, a week later, he finds out that he made the team. <laughs> Congratulations. And I said, how? Like that. He goes, I don't know. And I said, did you have a good tryout? He went, I don't know. I just played. And I found out that he made some shots and he's left-handed, did some things. And he's like, what do I do? And I was like, well, I mean, I guess play. And so he did, right? He started playing and he got into it, you know, and all that stuff. And then so he tries out for the high school team. And I knew that he wasn't, I was like, if for you, and I didn't remember telling him this. I'm like, look, if you make a high school team as a freshman, the most you're you're not good enough to ever probably play before your junior year. You won't start till your senior, if ever. Right. <clears throat> and so I watched him practice soccer that night, and I was like, "Damn, he's good. 
because I've never really watched, you know. And I'm like, he, he's he's good. He's better than a lot of these other guys that are out here and, and, and stuff. And, and it was that pit feeling over the pit of my stomach that, that came. And that night he was supposed to get a call if he got cut. And the call was supposed to come at like 9 o'clock. And 9 came, 9.05, 9.10, 9.15, 9.20. I remember thinking, oh, shit, he made it. Pardon my language. Yeah. We, we screwed up. I screwed this up. I, he, I did this to him. And that feeling came over me. And then he got the call. Turns out that the coach had tried to call him. And Carson missed the call. And he called back. And uh, Drew Tyler at OHS could not be a better person. Yeah. Drew Tyler's awesome. And he spent half an hour talking to Carson, and and which he that doesn't happen everywhere. Drew Tyler's an A plus in my book. And then Carson came down. And he's like, "Yeah, I got cut." Is it you okay? And he goes, "Yeah, I'm good. It's probably I think it's probably for the best." And I was thinking to myself, "It probably is," you know. But it was like that deal. But I remember thinking at that moment, "Don't ever be the one that pushes your kid into something. It's not not fair to your kid." Yeah, it's been that's hard. Um, so obviously my expertise is in football and uh I was the same way so Brock's going to play you know fo- football keep playing so he's going to play receiver well you know I do know a receiver's coach that's you know knows a couple things yep but I made him come to me I did not um put him through every, you know what I'm saying I just sure. that was hard to do very hard to do especially after you go watch you know, watch them play as seventh and eighth grade. Watch them play at ninth grade because you know you can help. Like it, it really frustrates. It's very hard to watch as a coach. It's they very have to difficult want, to watch. They have to want the help. Very difficult to watch, and um, because you know how to help. And so uh, we actually went uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah, we went Saturday, and uh, he got his first hour and thirty minutes of endo uh, at receiver with Daddy. And so we had to have a talk when I came on the field. I said, hey, I said two things. I says, one, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. And I said, two, is when you come on this field, I'm not dad anymore. So for the next hour and a half, I'm we're, we're getting out of business. So, uh, But it was like he learned a lot. So, you know, because the, the fundamentals of playing the game have really gone away with the tempo offenses. And so if you got somebody knows how to teach them the, the fundos, teach them. So – all right, uh, tonight we got – let's shift gears a little bit. Tonight we have the championship game of the Final Four NCAA March Madness. We got the Yukon Huskies, who I may or may not have a significant amount of money on it, plus 1800 So I am going – Yukon, I need you one more time, baby, one more time. Um, I got them at plus 1800 I had them, Texas, and Alabama to start the tournament – I think you're good. I, I I mean, I've been debating though. Do I hedge my bet tonight? No. Or just let it ride. Let it ride. It's more fun to let it ride. I mean, they're the they, look. They're because I can take the money line right and hedge it. You you could. I, I wouldn't. San I think, Diego State money line. I think you're giving money away if you do. <sighs> San Diego State's a good team. Obviously, they're in the national championship game. Congratulations. I mean, they've had a hell of a run. They they have they have. Not had. If They've you been watched, tested. if you watched them in this tournament compared to Connecticut, and hell, anyone compared to Connecticut, you 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 realize that UConn's playing at a different level right now. 
they're they're beating they're beating teams in whatever way they want to. They're able to play bully ball. Um, they're spreading the floor. They're making shots. They're crushing people on the glass. Just crushing people. Both sides on the glass. Just just wow. I mean, look at what they've done now to just the last three games. Arkansas, Gonzaga, Miami, three completely different teams, right? Yeah. I mean, Arkansas is this team that tries to out-athlete you. They're big. They're long. They they, they try to out-athlete you. Gonzaga plays this, um, you know, a lot of motion. They a, a lot of they, they they can up tempo you. They can they can slow it down. They're they're very versatile. Extremely well coached. They can shoot the three. And Miami is this team, quite frankly, that's sort of NBA style. If you watch Miami play, there's all, a, like all a lot of a lot of NBA. Spread the floor. Yep. Um, find the weakness. Hunt it. Attack it. Hunt it. Attack it. Hunt it. Attack it. Over and over and over and yep. over and over. That's their game, and it works. They're really good. They made the Final Four for God's sake. One ACC. And and yet, UConn just goes okay. Arkansas, go for it. We don't think you can out athlete us, and they couldn't. All right, Gonzaga, go for it. We don't think you can outshoot us, and you can't. We're gonna we're gonna take the three away. We're gonna take you out. We're gonna blow you out of the game. And they did. They blew both teams out of the out of the water. And then Miami, they toyed with them. And Miami, to their credit, was a little better than Arkansas and a little better than Gonzaga. And they made a mini run and they hung in a little bit, but it never felt anything more than kind of like when the python waits to kill the rat. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Like you they knew hung, they hung around, but it was like they never felt. Even though the score they were hanging around, never felt like they were in never. The there was never a moment, even even in the first few minutes of that game, where you went, "Oh, you know what? Miami might win this." No, and and I just think UConn can beat you in so many different ways, and and, and they got a little Alabama in them where they, like, you just look up and they go three three block a shot. I mean, like in thirty seconds, you're down nine. They just go on these quick runs. Yeah, and it's just well, and, and I mean, they've got guys who can shoot it. They've got guys who can crash the glass. They defend you really well. Two big men, they're really good. Yeah, they're they're deep. Hurley's done a really good job. They're they're, they're really good. We, Chase brought up a really good point on the Oxford Exxon podcast this morning about why do we not give Connecticut the blue blood treatment? Right? We don't. We, we you say, hey, who are the college basketball blue bloods? And you're like, oh, well, North Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and and. Uh, Kansas and, and and UCLA and, and and that's all good. Why do we not mention UConn in that same group? Because frankly, as Chase pointed out, I think he said since '99, they've won what four. This is like four. This will be the fifth title. Yeah. I mean, who went? I mean, five titles in 24 years. That's kind of blue bloodish, man. I think the blue blood term, though, even though it does refer to a basketball program, I think you get some of that in conference recognition too, right? So. Although the Big East is one of the best basketball conferences out there, and they proved it this year. I mean, they were deep. They had a bunch of really good teams with Creighton, Marquette, and all those guys, and obviously UConn. Um, they don't. There's no football conference. They don't belong to a football conference. Most of those. So the only time you hear about them is in basketball, right? That's their big sport. I think that's the same way with a little bit of Gonzaga. There's no football. Does that make sense? Like Kentucky, you hear about Big Blue Nation all year long because of football, basketball, baseball. The only thing I can UCLA, think of. UCLA, same thing. Yeah, I think it's a recruiting thing. I think because Connecticut doesn't necessarily recruit that collection of one-and-done elite five-star guys to the level that Duke does or Kentucky right. does or whatever. Maybe Kansas, certainly. Maybe it's that. But, look, the one thing you've seen in the men's game, certainly, 
is because of the portal is that I, I think if we went back and took the tournament on the day that it was like that Monday show that we did or Tuesday show that we did with the turn, I guess we did a Tuesday um, and went down and said, okay, let's go through these 68 teams. Who has a chance to win the national title? I think had we done it, we would have, we would have listed 14, 15, 16 teams. And we probably would not have listed San Diego State. I wouldn't have. I had them getting beat in the first round. And so the the the, the men's college game has more parity today than it's had in a long time. Well, I mean, Evan, there's it's the first time ever that a, a one seed didn't make it to the at least the elite one one seed make it to. The I think eight. that's right. And I mean, you look at <clears throat> all the guys that have gotten to the portal, <clears throat> the guys that are declared for the draft, or they declared they're going to test the draft. The sport's just going to look so different year in and year out. And I think what you're seeing is that on a given tournament, probably if we went back and did it with benefit of a hindsight, who has a chance to win the national title, we probably would have put about 20 teams down. You just gave me an idea I want to talk about in a minute. Um, it's the one thing that's we talked about, not to be repetitive between shows because I don't want to spend any time on this at all, but it's what I think is making the women's game a little bit more attractive all of a sudden to the mainstream people is that they have some storylines that carry over year to year. Like Brandon Miller won't be back at Alabama. <laughs> that that group of the group of you sure? Yeah. The group of kids from Arkansas, like, you know, Black and Smith yeah. and stuff. In 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 a generation past, they would have played as freshmen. Remember, remember how big of a deal yeah. Michigan was when they had Chris Bad Weber Bob, and Jalen Rose and Juwan Howard and King. Uh, uh, King and I think Jackson. Jackson were, were the five, That's and crazy. those five spent three years together. The black socks and long shorts, man. But I mean, they they by the second year that they played together, they were rock stars. Oh yeah. Well, if they'd only played one year together, just the one year, if at the end of one year Jalen Rose and Jawan Howard and Chris Weber had all gone pro, we'd remember that team. So that was a fun team. The end. Hey, they 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 made it to the title game. But there wouldn't be a 30, ESPN thirty for thirty on them. Probably not. Maybe a ten for ten. <laughs> yeah, but not a thirty. Maybe, but it wouldn't have been nearly as compelling because you wouldn't have gotten to know them the way that you did. It was one year, right? Right, and and had someone knocked them out in the second round, they'd be completely forgotten. Yep. No, you're hundred percent right on that. And so that's the difference. And so now, like in the women's game next year in November. I mean, you're going to have Caitlin Clark Black, uh, back. You're going to have uh, 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 the girl, uh, Reese, Angel Reese for LSU. She's going to be back. You're going to have all these people that, oh, I know, I remember her from the tournament. And boy, they, they had things. They capitalized on their, on their, yeah, you coverage don't, you don't sure. have that in the men's game. So I it's, think they it's capitalized with that. And then the low interest, I guess, in the, in the final four of the men's. I think they, they capitalized on some things this weekend for the women's sports. It's the first time I can remember in a long, maybe ever, that the women's Final Four was more interesting than the men's. And I'm not a women's basketball guy. I've admitted it out loud, probably to my detriment, that I don't particularly like the sport. But, man, their tournament was kind of fun this year with the ones getting knocked out. And um, and then yet you had, you had the star power of Kim Mulkey and Reese and um, Caitlin Clark and the South Carolina team that, it's kind of like the big Darth Vader, and no one thought they could lose. And turns yeah. out that they got beat one time, and one time gets you beat. Yep. Um, 
update on the McCready-Siskey fans bracket. It has been decided. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt. Uh, because UConn won on uh, Sunday, Jarkel Joiner season is going is uh is the name of the bracket we'll win our bracket uh they're winning it right now with a 750 and they're the only team that has UConn to win so congratulations Jarkel Joiner season with 750 points if they win tonight they'll they'll dominate the bracket but that is who is going to win our bracket and it's over now so it doesn't matter what happens he's he or she whoever you are because your other name says ESPN fan blah blah, blah 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 you are the winner of McCready and Siski's bracket how about that crushed it all right, uh, shifting gears a little bit. Um, do you see the UFC or the company that owns UFC has bought the majority share in the WWE overnight? I saw it because you told me about it. Yeah, that's it. Um, thought it was they basically so UFC, even though it's not obviously not scripted and it's real, is still considered sports entertainment. And that between UFC and WWE had the two biggest money makers in sports entertainment and so they acquired a 51 percent share of wwe uh i want to say it's endeavor what's the name of that company i'll, I'll look it up but anyway um they bought 50 because vince mcmahon who owns wwe has been looking for buyers he sold 51 percent of his company uh the company was valued up i think 9.3 billion so he's getting half of that basically 51 percent of that and uh, at the end of the day it came down to two things i thought was kind of interesting he came back in play and he kind of stepped away for a little while. He had some allegations, and he stepped away. He came back when he realized, kind of took it away from his kids. And so, basically, it's been a family business. And uh, he's still going to have 49%, but his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, stepped down when he came back. Uh, his son came back um, last night, tried to do a last little second uh, match in WrestleMania last night. They had their big event. Tory's quad. <laughs> it was a bad deal. Oh, Shane. Yeah, Tory's quad. Bad mm. deal. But anyway, just think it's very unique that you're going to have UFC, which is not – it makes no sense, right, from the outside looking in. Like, okay, UFC is a totally different brand than WWE. WWE is basically theater, you know. And um, But when you look at it, it came down to two things. McMahon didn't trust his kids running the business from here on out and got the value while he could. And look, he's getting older. He's getting $4.5 I mean – he bought it for $1 million in 1982. Unbelievable. Get you some of that. I mean, that's that's a good investment. That's a businessman. So, um, <laughs> Connor said The Rock versus John Jones 2026. <laughs> yeah, but like, and then, uh, but UFC is valued at 12 point something billion. UFC had their biggest year last year, had over uh, 1.2 or something um, billion in revenue last year. So, I, I'll be interested to see how that works. But at the end of the day, this is about a company making money, right? Well, look at there. WWE's con uh, TV contract is coming up. So they're going, you know, with their relationship with ESPN and things like that, I think they're going to try to make their money on the TV rights. So that's about, I think, what it comes down to at the end of the day. All right. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Um, was a hot, Somebody asked me a question on, the, on your board about it last week, and um, I'd already read it. It happened right after we – um, and Mike Gundy's post-practice uh, press conference. Did you see this about his uh, idea of how to fix the portal and all that jazz and NIL and all the – they asked him about it. Um, a very long post-practice interview, 39 minutes, I think. 20, no, 29 minutes uh, post-practice interview. 
and long interview, and it was I actually watched it because I always like when I read something now, I have to go back and watch it because mm-hmm. I want to know context and things mm-hmm. like that. He was asked about the conversation came in about the portal, and he admitted he goes, "I've been wrong before." He thought the portal would fix itself. He thinks it's gotten worse, um, and so this goes into a whole thing with roster management and things we've talked about on here to nauseum. But his idea was to have contracts basically for high school athletes to where they can sign a one, two, three, four, or five-year deal, I guess, um, that kind of locks them in both sides. Okay. And, I, and and on one hand, I really, first of all, I really like Mike Gundy. Um, I don't know what everybody else's feelings are on the guy because he's outside the box, but he will also, instead of being – you have so many coaches that are problem identifiers and are not problem solvers. Sure. And, like, if I'm okay if you want to bitch and talk about things, but have an idea. Okay, because ideas, especially with people of his stature, get people talking, the right people talking. But his idea was to have contracts for players um, to lock them in on both sides. And he said, okay, so at the end of the year, I know I got 19 guys coming up for a contract or whatever, and it would help manage the roster. Just like to do an NFL. The problem is now is you have unlimited free agency, and so you don't know the number that you have to go replace, uh, which makes roster management a nightmare. And, you know, that's that's the number one problem with coaches right now is roster management. That's it. Sure. And so I had a few thoughts on this. I'll get, get your idea. First of all, I think it's a great idea. But here's the problem is once you put them on, under contract, now they're employees. Yeah. Which is what we're trying to stay away from. Which is the, at this point, game stopper. Correct. Because they're not students. They're employees. Students aren't employees. They're students. Their eligibility is still tied to their academic performance, standing. Um, obviously, you have a, a window of eligibility that begins when you set foot on campus and ends after five years. You have four to play five still. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. When you make them an employee, you circumvent all of that. And you frankly sever the connection between student and athlete, which is something I don't think they want to do. I know they don't. And, and they shouldn't want to do. What would constitute making them an employee? What would that, what's the negative? Let's talk about the negative. I mean, I just kind of labeled it. Uh, it's, it's, you're bringing them in now. Are you even going to make them go to class? Are they students or are they just employees? Are they, are they, are they, is, are you essentially now a club team that co-ops a university's name? No, I think could that, you play for Ole Miss, for example? Could you play for Arizona and not be a student at the University of Arizona? If you were an employee, you could. There are people that work for the University of Arizona, right? Under contract who aren't students. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean I mean your maintenance staff has there there are people at at at, at if you're the dean of education, you 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 have a contract. The thing where I get that's the the roster management part of it, and everybody's talking about oh the portal. And like here's the part that just drives me nuts is the person who doesn't who's never put together a roster before goes well those are the rules adapt to it. Thanks, uh, Captain Obvious, appreciate you there. But it's actually trying to to roster manage and do a. I mean, you, you don't know what to do. Like it's the people. How can you replace a freaking offensive lineman that you do, that you're expecting? That's a freshman. You're expecting you to come back. Okay, so I got this guy. I got my right tackle spot. I got a starter. I got a backup. I got a third teamer. Okay, I got, a, and they're going to be here for a while. Okay, I'm good there. All right, let's go get, we need to go get a right guard or whatever. And then two weeks later, but all three of them decide to go in the portal and leave. Well, now you got to go get a right tackle and you have nothing established as far as an evaluation or a relationship or anything to go get somebody. Well, we've covered this ground. Yeah. Right? We've covered this ground. This is where the fan says, well, everybody's making a million dollars or six million dollars or whatever. Figure it out, right? Right. I, I don't have any sympathy for you. And It's the other part of it, which is people don't want to admit that two things can be true at once. Yeah. Okay? For sure. And here are the two things. And finding a middle ground that makes it all work so far has been difficult. <laughs> to say the least. On one hand, is it good that young people who play a sport, play sports, and are good at said sport, and who bring value to a university by playing that sport well, is it good that they get compensated for their labor? Yes. yes. That is a good thing. Okay? So we put that in the this is a good thing category. Okay. Is it a fact that the product now, because of all of the change, because of the, the mass amount of change, is it, I hear fans all the time, like in, in response to practice things that I'll write or whatever go, I didn't even know who that was. Who's that? Well, I don't even know half these names. Is that a, is that, is, is it, have we established that that's probably not the best thing in the world for the product. Yes. Yes. Bad, bad category. So now what you've got is you've got this over here and this over here, and you're trying to put them in one dish and make it appetizing. But in some ways, it's like a chopped nightmare. You've got filet mignon, and you've got rainbow Captain Crunch, right? <laughs> make it work. You're like, well, I, that doesn't go together. They don't. They don't fit. 
figure it out. You got 20 minutes. Time starts now. And so it, it's difficult. What's, you're on the chef show. What's, the, what's my man, the Gordon Ramsay show? It's Alton Brown, yeah. yeah. 20 minutes on the clock. The time starts now. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's difficult. Two things can be true at once. Is yeah. it good that the, that the people are getting compensated? Of course it is. Is it problematic? That we put all of this change in with no real regulation and there's no flow to it. And, yeah, it's, it is. It's problematic. It, it, it's a problem. And I don't know that there's a fix to it. And, and so you get a guy like Mike Gundy who, like you said, is not just a problem identifier, but he wants to be a problem solver. He's been doing this for a long time. He's pretty good at it. He, uh, he's not afraid to express some opinion. He's got personality. And he starts coming up with ideas. And people go, well, that won't work, and that won't work, and that won't work. And you're like, you're right, which just shows you. I think to the point that you're about to get to when you know we talk about this with Lane Kiffin if you ask Lane questions about the minutia of his roster his answers are sort of like uh, well you know we're just going to do the best we can if you ask Lane about big picture stuff you get some pretty thoughtful answers yeah and you get this from from a guy like Gundy and probably a lot of coaches out there that they have a lot of thoughts on this yet there's been nobody or no group, no entity that's been able to come forth and go, okay, hey, we've got to sort of fix the way we're doing this because it's it's just for the betterment of the game. And let's do it in a way that doesn't limit opportunities from the young people that are playing the sport, but at the same time sort of make this thing where it's a little bit more manageable. That's where it is right now. But if you make them employees – I don't think they can be an employee and still be a student. So I feel like that, you know, there's that, that uh, meme out there that has the two Spider-Man that are pointing at each other like this right here. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel because we got NCAA going to Capitol Hill. All right. And they're trying to get stuff figured out. We got, you know, uh, states doing their own things and you got, a bunch of different people trying to make up rules, but there's not one person. You know, in the NFL, we have a commissioner. All right, the NCAA, we have a president in NCAA. Until somebody steps up with that has absolute power and says, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, this is what we are going to do, and it blankets everybody, we're just going to keep going in circles and circles and circles. And I feel like I'm in the twilight zone and we just go around and around like, no shit, it's a problem. Oh, really? Shocker. But we just keep going in the same circles over. I mean, I just feel like I'm just, it's like Groundhog Day, man. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, I don't, what are we doing? And we're, we're trying to, like, this is not hard. But somebody has to go and probably at the NCAA and probably in and say, hey, these are your, these are the federal government or whatever needs to supersede the states and say these are, you know, NIL guidelines for all the states, okay? And then when it comes to NCAA, these are the rules. These are eligibility rules. These are transfer rules. And this is what it is. And I, this goes back all the way back. And if you want to trace everything back to the, like the one and done rule, right? The NCAA could have stopped this from the jump. All they had to do is say, hey, we do have uh, pay for play. It's called the NFL. Don't limit you. And if you don't want to limit people how much they can earn, let them go play in the NFL at 19 years old. They'll earn. They're not ready. But the NFL doesn't want that. And so the NFL is kicking back. But it's just, 
I just, golly, man, it's just so frustrating that you got everybody, you got individual states that are like, that aren't waiting. Like I saw the other day where uh, Ross was in the, uh, Ross was on the stand in Texas with their government trying to get Texas on the same rules as everybody else because it's putting them in a disadvantage in NIL, right? So every state is different. They have to have unique rules where everybody, excuse me, everybody has to have the same exact rules when it comes to, and when I say rules, I'm talking about NIL rules. Can coaches be involved? Yes or no? Can a high school player get it? When do they get? When are they allowed to get their NIL money? When they sign? When they're a high school kid? When they're 18? What what what's the rule? Okay, every state needs to be on the same rule, and that's the only way that's going to get done is federal. Okay, I know a lot of times we don't like federal involvement, but that's the only way it's going to get done because some states are going to do their own things, right? With that, and then the NCAA has to come in and say, I'm "Telling you the feds don't want to get involved on this." They don't. I know what the NCAA thinks. The NCAA desperately wants them to, but they don't want to because to do it, you have to put limits on it, and they don't want to have to run for office after they limited people's um, uh, uh, compensation packages. But I'm saying they don't have to do that. Just put everybody on the same – hell, make it unlimited, right? I don't care. Just make sure all 50 states are on the same right, Let me throw one at you that, that – okay. uh, I know we got a lot of stuff to get to, and if we yep. don't get to some of this stuff until Thursday, we'll we just it. don't. It's yeah, fine. We're good. Shannon Terry tweets again. Again, this was this is baby earlier in the week or late last weekend, whenever the damn thirty first was. Contrary to popular opinion, he says, "Collectives driven roster value nil dollars." Collective driven roster value nil dollars creates a competitive balance in Power 5 football. More schools are operating in the 4 to $7 million roster value range and managing sensible GM models, general manager models, I guess. It is spreading elite talent from three to four schools to more than 15-plus and counting. You buy that? To an extent. What he's basically saying is this, is like in the old days, like five years ago, the team's... NIL's been around a long time. Sure. Okay. We just sure. didn't call it that. Some teams are participating in the NIL game that were not participating in the black market game. Yes. So thus you have yeah, Captain Obvious thing. Well, you. and the and the number the number of schools that played the black market game at numbers around seven million were really small. None of them. Yeah. None, none of them. Yeah. Literally, none of them played that game. I mean... A, as a, much as you want to say, anybody you can think of, nobody played in those leagues. A championship roster did not cost $7 million. About three. And, Ten and, years, uh, five, six and years. And now, ago. I don't know that $7 million even buys you a championship roster. Correct. Now, that's the problem, right? Now, the good thing is, is NIL is around, so you have a lot of teams that are playing in the same game now. But the the bad part about that is exactly what you just said is the team that's spending $3 million to win a championship, man, they can't even – they may not want to get six games out of that. It's going to take, it's going to take somewhere in the, in the vicinity of probably 15. Here's the thing, and we do this we've, – we've done this so many times that I feel like we're just talking in circles. And, and Me I, too. And yet people, I think, like the conversation. <laughs> is it's not, it's not even NIL. I wish we'd stop calling it Pay that. for P- PFP. It's salary. Yeah. Like – I was told about a player on a roster who allegedly didn't perform well a year ago and took a haircut. Okay? So, and and yet, if I were to press the issue on that player, what, what NIL service did he provide? 
not nothing really. What's what NIL service is he providing now? Oh, really nothing. And their answer is well, I mean, you know, he can tweet. Okay. Does that really have how many how many college athletes truly have social media value? Very few. I mean, very few. Which is what we said from the jump when they made this rule is the way they made the rule and the way they came out with it, we knew it was going to be taken advantage of. They opened the door for pay for play. And they yeah. say, oh, well, you can't do that. But, like, I mean, we've been in this thing, what, two years? So here's my point. What big-time players you know are on commercials that you see on TV? I've seen DJ Ugalele on the Dr. Pepper commercial. Okay, he was on. Bryce Young was on some stuff. Bryce Young was on the Dr. Pepper commercial. He was on the same, Dr. Pepper. Co- same commercials. Right. But I'm trying to think. With all this money, we should be seeing these guys on every right, billboard in America. I'm trying to think. Well, you know what's crazy? Like, going full circle in this conversation is right now, if I were a corporation and you said, hey, you must use a student athlete, I'd be like, all right, can we get Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark together? Is there something we could do with them? Could we sort of reenact Michael Jordan and, I mean, not Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird from back in the day? Can we sort of, can we sort of do this? Would that would that work? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't see all the money are flowing around. You don't see them. It's been pay for play from the day it's from the second it started. Well, I'm trying to think: is is there a men's college basketball player in the last two years who has I've seen on commercials based on NIL stuff? And I'm having I'm drawing a blank. I mean, how, the last big-time college basketball player, men's college basketball player, that I can remember becoming a big deal from a corporate standpoint was Zion Williamson in his one year at Duke. I can't recall another player. Now, maybe I'm just someone, someone might name them in, in the thread. They're not coming to mind right now. And then as I think about it with football players, like becoming a national name in terms of commercials and such, did C.J. Stroud? He didn't, did he? Nope. Uh, Will Anderson didn't. Jalen nope. Carter didn't. Will Levis didn't. Nope. Anthony Richardson did not. No. Um, I mean, like, here's a crazy one. Uh, Stetson Bennett wins two championships at Georgia as a national championship quarterback. Grind says, Grind, that's one that I do now that he said that. I remember that. He said Toppin did the AT&T commercials as the Kentucky player. Remember that? They did a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's one. There's one. But that's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah. that you got to like really you think really about think it. Because I think when it all came out, we were like, oh, this is going to be this inundated. <sighs> I mean, look, not to get into business and, talk and stuff, because I don't think people want to hear this. We've done. I've done one, two, three. Four, six player shows. Of those six, did any of them really move the needle commercially? No. Not really. Yeah. Like, I don't, I keep seeing people say, hey, you know, we're going to do this and this and this, but I'm not, it's why I I, kind of push back on the whole NIL thing, honestly. Everyone talks about it being NIL. Why can't we? Just have an honest conversation about it. And it's like, well, it's just taboo. This is what I keep waiting for someone to go to Congress and go, look, we've we've let whether we should or shouldn't have is a debate for somebody else to have. It is what it is. 
The toothpaste is out of the tube. Players are getting salaries now. The salaries are absolutely based on performance. Okay? That sort of makes them employees. You pay your best employee, right? You're at Quick You, the guy who's kicking ass, who you every day you're like, well, I'm so glad he's here. If if he comes to you and goes, Hey, Tyler, Mr. Siski, or whatnot, I got an opportunity at X. And another guy who's just kind of shows up for work and he does okay, whatever. You always sometimes think to yourself, I could probably get 10 people to pay him less than that. He comes to you. Well, if they both come to you and go, I have another opportunity, which one are you hanging on to? Which one are you fighting to hang on to? Right. The one that's producing. Right. Right. I mean, if, um, you know, Quinshawn Judkins and the fourth team tailback both walk into the room and say, I need more money or I'm leaving. Well, with Quinshawn, they're going to say, hey, hang tight. Let's figure it out. But the other guy, they're going to be like, hey, good luck. Take it, take it easy. Peace out. That's life. Well, that's kind of employees now. Yeah. And so I don't know why we can't get to a place, not like Mike Gundy's has literally make them employees. I don't know why they can't say to the feds, hey, look, this is the way it is. So let's, let's figure out a way to make this however. But I don't. If, if I'm the feds and I hear that, I'm like, so what's the problem? My only thing, because I was thinking about this Mike Gundy thing all weekend, because I've thought about it a little bit, but what can you do in this and that? The only thing that I, and I'm thinking out loud here, you know, benefits is one thing that comes with being an employee, right? Well, they all have medical benefits anyway, okay? So that, that comes with the territory, whether they're getting paid or not. Right. That's been around forever. Sure. Okay. The collective, if they want to make this, because at this point, like you said, they're already employees. We're paying them for play anyway, okay? Whatever you have to, and this is where I think you could do it federally, okay? Collectives. Every school has a designated collective. One designated collective, okay? So whether it's the, here we have the Grow Collective here in Oxford, right? Mm -hmm. You have, you know, whatever you call it everywhere else. Sure. All right, they're all different names. The NCAA comes in and says 50% of your collect, you report your number every year, okay? At the start of every school year, you, you designate, this is the number of in our collective war chest, all right? 50% of that collective, 50% of that number goes, is split evenly amongst every student athlete in your school, all right? So let's say you had $10 million in your war chest. Okay, I see what you're saying. All right, $5 so million goes, is split evenly. Okay. That way, everybody, if that's an employee, everybody's getting paid, right? Okay. Scholarship athletes. Because now you're, that's who you're signing your contracts with. Okay. All right? So that's like 300-something people, right? Now, the other 50%, you can delegate however you want to delegate it out of your collective. And then they can get any other deal they want to get on their own. What's wrong with that? Uh, I, I, I'd have to sit down and really think about it. But on, on the surface, it's, it's, it makes some sense. If you want to make them employees, because they're already getting medical benefits, they are. That way, they're everybody's getting, getting, getting something. Like, there's a lot of questions about taxes in here. Like most of the collectives out there are taking care of the taxes they treat it like a paycheck. for the players. Yeah. Yes, and if you if you get a big check, your agent, if you're getting those kind of deals, your agent and having a built-in accountant is worth something. Ask me how I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Sure. Like, but yeah, the, most big collectives and big schools have the taxes part because that's been an issue. That's what things that coaches worry about for a long time. But anyway, long story short is I just feel where I'm frustrated with the whole deal, which I'm sure every other 
person in America that's built a roster is concerned is we just keep going around in circles instead of somebody saying it's somebody that's going to say this is how it's going to be done. And probably until we get a commissioner of college football or break off or whatever it is, it's probably not going to happen. All right, uh, we'll skip this. Some of the stuff, obviously, until next week because we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about my favorite time. This is my favorite week of the year, okay? And I know you're excited, too. The first full week of Major League Baseball season? Nope. Yeah, that's part of it, for sure. I love that. Um, we got the Major League Baseball started. We got basketball game tonight, which is usually a little bit better. But I'm, I'm, it's really good for me. I'm excited about tonight. But more importantly, we got the Masters. This weekend. A tradition unlike any other. Dude, there's something about that music that CBS plays that, mm-hmm. that dude, it just puts me in a good mood. Really? Like, I don't, uh, our good, my good friend Matt Luke sent me a, sent me a, uh, tweet this morning or tell our picture of my man Tiger walking down. Just put something about that puts me in a good mood. I don't know what it is. I wish I liked it the way all you guys do. I, I really do. I'm 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 jealous of the fact that you have this event that you all like. I'm looking forward to the Masters the more than do. probably the World Series. Like it's it is my the Masters is probably my besides the Super Bowl, besides maybe the college football playoff, probably the third favorite event that I watch. I mean, I I will I will say this. I have told my son you should play golf. Yes, they should. <laughs> I have. Do I it, have, start early. I have realized that it, it is a failure of mine as a father that we don't go play. Okay, I don't play enough with my kids. Um, I'm too old to learn how to play. It's it's over. I don't. I don't have the. I never had a lesson though. Yeah, but just go out there and hit swing hard. In I case don't you have hit. time. Just go, go swing hard. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't have the time to go play golf. I've never had the time. When I did have the time early in my life, I didn't have the money. When I had the money, I didn't have the time. It's funny how that works out. And so now, I mean, I didn't. And listen, I've learned something. God, I I, I can already hear the hate mail. Nothing pisses people off more than telling golfers that you didn't play because you just didn't have time. Because I think they hear from that, oh, so you're saying that I waste. No, no, you did your thing. That's cool. I didn't have time. And you think about that. So here's in my 30s. I worked two jobs. I had a radio show every afternoon, three to six. So your afternoons are gone? There's was, only so much sunlight. I'm a sports writer. I work, I work weekends, right? Yeah. And I just never had it in me when I did have some time to go, hey, babe, I'm going to go play a round of golf, which is four hours. I'm going to go. <laughs> if you're lucky. I'm going to go take four hours and I'm going to go do something for me. I never was able to get to that place where I could do that. And so I'm 53 now. I'm not going to start now. It would be so expensive today to go buy a set of clubs and the 8,000 balls that I would lose getting started. You can buy cheap balls. And then where do you play? Like in, in Oxford, you have two choices. You can play the university course yeah. or you can join the club. And I'm not a club person. Well, I don't, don't have to be a club person. I don't want to. I don't want to have to like play with a group of people. I don't. Is it the socializing aspect that bothers you. I mean, I'm I'm not good with that. The thought of walking up and down and having to talk Ole Miss, Ole Miss sports for four hours with a group of people is like. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. But I don't want to do it. You're better <laughs> at that than I am. You're a far more social person than I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> Some would beg to differ. 
I'm Im- but I think you would agree. I'm immensely more private than you are. Like, like I literally was being serious last week when I th- said, you know what would be fun is if I drove to Michigan by myself <laughs> and drove back. I would love it. Like that would for me that would be so peaceful and relaxing. For a lot of people that would be like really depressing and lonely. And for me it would be I'd be fine. I've gone I, literally. Ole Miss had their NCAA thing, right? Yeah. And so I was in Covington, Kentucky for a couple of days, three days, whatever it was. And then they were playing that Saturday in Berkeley. Yeah. And so in the middle of that week, heard stories about that week. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of that week, I went to Chicago by myself and went to some Cubs. Who they play? The Mets. Yeah, it was some Mets. <laughs> Get me though. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. I had the best time. I mean, I sat in a bar by myself. Went to the game. Worked out. All that stuff. I, I'm just different. So I don't think. I don't. My point is, for me, golf has just never been something I, that that worked out. And so I don't keep up with professional golf. You know what they say, golf and sex are the only two things you can be really bad at and enjoy. Never thought about it that way, but. It's true. It, I, I guess it it's, makes sense. Because you always hit one shot during your round that brings you back. You'll hit. Well, that is true. I've played. Depending on what your handicap is. I've played four rounds of golf in my life. And in all four of those rounds, I have hit one shot where I'm like, God, that was good. Did you see that? You know? Yeah. Now I've hit countless where I couldn't find the ball, and it was like no matter how long I lay off, no matter how long, if I don't, I'm going to be in the 80s. Okay, when I start off, usually in the higher 80s, between 85 and 88, I'll work it down to around 80. Over 18 holes? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. But like, I mean, my I, best I round around. was like a 140 something. Really? Yeah. Come on. No, so seriously, golf is. I could take you on the range for five minutes, and I could get you down to at least 100. No way. No, you couldn't. You really couldn't. You're Dude, wrong. If you want to score in golf, uh-huh. all you, all you, let me tell you what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would say, get off the driving range. Here's a putter and a wedge. And all you got to do is work your short game. You, you, that, that's the fastest way to drop your strokes, which in my case is why when I start, because I, I don't practice, I don't like going, to, I don't even like going to the range before I play. I hate it. Like, I'm going to go now. You let me take. Now, see, here's where we're different. When I was getting ready to go to that stuff and I had access to the club because yeah. I was getting ready to do the charity thing. Yeah. That week where I would go and hit on the range with a big bucket of balls you like by that? myself, I, I wore headphones, the whole deal. It was absolutely, absolutely peaceful. Yeah. I, I loved that. I want to take two off the first. That's my, my range is let me take two off the first tee box so I can get more so my spine will stay intact because I, I will take a hack at it from time to time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll work it down as the year goes on. If I play a lot, if I don't play a lot, I'm going to stay there. But I'll work it down from there um, to where normally when I'm like playing, playing between a 78 and 81 is usually what I shoot. Oh, shit. But it's all depending on You're my borderline professional. No, no. Now, don't take me out here. to the, if You take me to the university course. I can go low every once in a while to the university course here because it's wide ass open. It's all with me. Once I get my short game in, I, I play a little bit, and I got my short game down, my putting, and my – because I, I use one club. I have a 60-degree that I hit between 110 and 10, okay? So once I get my feels down, because I will – I think it's un-American to hit anything other than driver on a, on a tee box. Like, if I was playing real golf and trying to score, there are several holes I would hit an iron off to get to a yardage. Mm-hmm. I don't do yardages. If it's a 390 yard par four, I'm hitting, I'm banging it down there as far as I can and seeing and feeling my tuck, you know, feeling yardages, which is not what you're supposed to do. 
anyway, long story short is is once I get my feels back. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Once I get my feels back, I can get it down. All right, so real quick, because I got to ask this, and people want to talk about this. You're All gonna right. you're gonna look at me like I got dicks coming in my ears. All right, so interesting thing about the <laughs> interesting thing about the Masters this year for me. Yeah. Few things. One is you got the live guys returning for the first time since they all bolted. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. So maybe today or tomorrow they announce the pairings. Like, how does the Masters do the pairings? Are they going to pair the live guys together? Because I mean, there's been this. I'm talking about they don't talk. Yeah. I mean, there was this big thing with Patrick Reed and Roy McIlroy on like the World Tour a couple months ago. I mean, they they're pissed at each other. So how do they? integrate the live guys with the pga tour guys um because it's the first and there's 18 of them coming over to play the thing about the masters only 88 players in the in the field right so i I, I was today years old when i learned that normally there's like 140 or something a normal event okay there's 88 players okay and now the cut rules are different too so we're going to talk about when you're doing your bets and your daily fantasy and your fantasy lineups for the weekend Top 50 in ties make the cut. Well, there's only 88 players. So top 50 in ties is going to run you 55, 60 golfers usually. So you're only – you need to have a six out of six lineup this week if you're going to make some money. But um, the live guys returning, Brooks Kepka. Um, a lot of these guys, these live guys, you got that have a chance normally to win. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith. Uh, you got Phil Mickelson coming back. Abraham Answer, who's really good, is coming back. Uh, Patrick Reed's won in the past. Bubba Watson's won in the past. So all these are live guys coming over, right? Sure. Well, here's the thing is once they got their money on tour, on the live tour, they've been playing like shit. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, been playing terrible on the live tour because they got their check. There's no motivation for them to be good because they've already made their money. Does that make sense? Um, Sure. I mean, yeah, but um, yeah, sure. Guys to watch out for. Live, live, two live guys to watch out for. Cam Smith, I still think has the edge, and he and he's done really. He's who won the British Open last year. I remember him, kind of the, the mullet. Yeah, you remember him. You would never expect him to look be a professional athlete. He looks like he's been. A, he just came fresh off a Morgan Wallen concert. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, if, if you were, yeah, that's what he, that's what he looks like. All right, he's what I would expect to see at a Morgan Wallen concert in Huey Town. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. Good for okay. you. Yep. Look at you throwing yep. those references. Just for the record, I love my people in Hueytown. By the way, uh, I'm not I'm not a super big country music person. Yeah. But a handful of Morgan, my wife Laura loves Morgan Wallen. Apparently, a lot of people do. And um, <laughs> and she got me to listen to some of his album, and and I don't like all of it, but there's some of it oh, that's like, really good. I, he's not Chris Stapleton to me, but I like him. Yeah, and there's some Stapleton that I really like and some Stapleton that's just too country for me. All right, this podcast is over. I love me some Chris Stapleton. There's no Stapleton that you hear that you don't like. There's no there, Chris there, there Stapleton There has not been one song that he's ever made that I was like, man, this is great. I mean, like, I love Prince, but there are some Prince songs that I'm like, nah, I can skip like, past that one. Chris Stapleton is one of the very few artists. It doesn't matter. The dude could sing the phone book, and I'd be like, man, this is a jam. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, when he sang the national anthem at the Super Bowl, I thought he, it was, was great. Ama- it was, thought it was the greatest thing I've ever heard in my it life. Was, it was phenomenal. And like, he can't make a bad song. But Morgan Wallen's very gifted songwriter and or picks the right songs too. That was the top two Super Bowl anthem. Yeah, well, there's only one other one that you can really that anybody ever remembers. Anybody. I know. So what's that? So. And she had pipes. I mean, Whitney Houston yeah. can sing now. Yeah, she was good. She could she could have sung the 
the uh, phone, book. phone book. Yeah. All right. So who else you got? Cam and who? All right. Brooks Kepka, which nobody was watching because we discussed the ratings a couple of weeks ago. Brooks Kepka won this past weekend on Live Tour. First time he's won in a long time. Okay. Um, says he's healthy. He gets around. He in the past he's gotten around the track pretty good. Um, he finished the year that Tiger won it. Uh, 19, he finished second. He's missed two cuts in a row, but he hasn't been healthy, right? So um, I will be that documentary that was on um, Netflix. It's the first time I'd seen him, like, confidence down and things like that, but he seems to be getting it back. I'm interested. He's priced very fairly in DraftKings, I think like $7,600 for you guys. Um, he's a guy that I would look at. But here's a list uh things that you got to watch out for for fantasy this weekend is the weather, okay? So – they play on bent grass greens and lightning fast. That means the fastest of fast greens, okay? Course history does matter here, all right? And the reason that it matters is I've uh, known some people that have I have not ever played at Augusta National, but a lot of people I know have, and you have to have caddies. And every one of them tells me a story without talking to each other. And they go, yeah, I have this caddy. And he'll say, hey, aim it over here. And they're like, no, I'm supposed to be putting on this side. And the ball will, you know, they just, it's so different. It's not your typical course. So people that understand how the course works and the breaks and the greens do well, that's why Tiger always plays well here. You know, last year he came in here without – that was his first tournament after he broke his leg or whatever, right? I mean, he finished – made the cut, made the weekend, finished 44th or whatever. Um, he seems to be um, – going back to his two – you know, people were talking about is at Omen. He showed up Sunday, uh, yesterday – and instead of playing, he did the exact same thing he did when he won in 19, which was he grabbed his uh, wedges and his putter and basically walked and, and just played short game, ran all the holes. He knows how to get around there. I'm, a, I'm playing Tiger. Um, usually not a smart DFS play because he doesn't do well. I have a feeling, man. I think Tiger, uh, you can get a plus 175 bet on him to place top 20. I, I think he makes a run this weekend. I see Tiger being in contention on Sunday. Contention? contention his name okay. will be on the leaderboard all right um that would make me watch it that might be the only thing that makes me watch it oh, isn't yeah. that crazy but if if tiger's within four i'm watching oh he's gonna be within four if he's not i'm probably not here's the thing that you got to watch out for this week that i'm interested in. it's going i think change some things in the course is it's going to there's gonna be a lot of rain this weekend and when you put rain on the course it's going to soften those greens and so it's going to take some of the – they're going to be able to hold a little bit. Some normal golfers will be able to hold, hold it a little bit more. So I have four win bets in. Um, I got a bet on Jason Day, and I got these in my lineup already. I'll tell you the other two are. My DFS, my single-entry lineup, I have Jason Day. I got also a win bet on him at plus 2,200. He's third in all of my models that I did. Uh, models this week uh, – Strokes gained approach, par four scoring around the green and putting on bent grass greens. I know that's exciting for you. Uh, but I got Jason Day at plus 2,200. Xander Shoffley also at plus 2,200. This is a Xander course. He's played well here in the past. Um, I think he'll do well. And then my non-putting Hawaiian that cannot ever putt, but for some reason he always seems to do well on this surface, Tony Finau. I think Tony is going to do well. And then my sleeper, my value play, get it on it now, Sung J.M., you're today years old when you probably heard his name. Sung J.M., 3,500. I have him. also have Corey Connors and Tiger Woods in my lineup. You had I.M. plus 3,500, and I was thinking individual medley. It's like, what is that? How does that work in golf? 
Yeah, Sung Jay, Sung Jay is uh, – he plays every week, it feels like. But he's he gets around here pretty good. I'm excited to to see. Uh, I'm excited to watch it, man. I think you, when you add all these live guys in there, I think you're going to see. I think it's the one thing that's positive about live golf happening is they've gone away, and then instead of everybody thinking, oh, PGA Tour is just going to be watered down, you've had emerging other stars, right? And so now it feels like you got double what you normally have coming in this tournament. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see. Uh, what happens this weekend, but I will be locked in uh, more than normal this weekend for the Masters. Who you got, Tiger Woods? Who, who, you, who you putting your money on? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, could I name 10 golfers? Can you name 10 golfers? Okay, let's think. Tiger. Okay, Tiger. Rory McIlroy. Yeah, two. He's, he gets around here good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jason Day. Don't um, look at the sheet. Okay. Um, Phil Mickelson. He's playing. Okay. There you go. It counts. Um, See if you can name 10 that are playing in the Masters. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. It's really good. I saw he'll a story have a, on him. He'll be the favorite. Um, That's five. Isn't there a guy named Simpson? Webb Simpson. I don't think he's playing. Okay. But, yes, there's a golfer named Webb Simpson. Um You've heard of John Rahm? No. You've never heard of John Rahm? No. He's the number one player in the world right now. Uh, or maybe number a, two. Could have had a thousand guesses. Well, he may win this weekend, so he's oh, really good. Happy for Mrs. Rahm. Um, <laughs> no, that's it. Max Homa? No. Um, Tony Finau? I've heard his name. Okay. But um, you told me I couldn't read off your yeah. list. Xander Shoffley, have you heard of him? Heard of Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of Dustin Johnson? Yes, yes. He's married to uh, 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 Gretzky's daughter. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Bryson DeChambeau? Kind of fat guy. No. Okay. No. Muscled up guy. Jordan Spieth? Yeah, I've heard of him. See, I'm helping you out here. We're, we're making a run here. Um, what about Patrick Cantlay? Can't say that I have. <laughs> This is fun, real quick. This is the last thing we're doing. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. <laughs> oh, was Rom anti-vax? Oh yeah. So Rahm, was he the guy that had the mask? No, no. Rom was the guy. He tested positive, and they took. They wouldn't let him compete. He had like a six-stroke lead going into Sunday. Okay, at the memorial in in Texas. No, it was in Ohio. Okay. Hit. This was this was right. Not right at. Maybe right after COVID. I don't remember. But it was. He had like a six-shot lead. Finishing up his last hole on Saturday, and they that. met him at the green that. That and wouldn't let him play on Sunday. That was wrong. That was a three point five million dollar get off my get off my lawn moment right there. Did How he, about that? Did he survive the virus? Uh, I think he's I think he's okay. I don't think he's had any. Did he live any long COVID or anything? I I, I think he I think he's lived pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shock. What a miracle! You know, if he wins, if he wins, they should as they're playing the music. He survived. They won't. He survived. All right. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard of him. All right. I'm probably cheering for him now. Well, you know Cam Smith. What about Justin Thomas? Oh, yeah, the guy that went to Alabama. Yep. Yep. Colin Morikawa. 
No. I mean, I've, I've heard the name. Like, but if you showed me a picture and said, "Who's this guy?" I couldn't tell you. Oh, that's Colin Morikawa. Hideki Matsuyama. Yep, I've heard of him. Okay. Because he's a Hideki. He's a Hideki. What about uh, Shane Lowry? Mm-mm. No. Justin Rose. Yeah, I've heard his name. You're okay. You're you know, you know Brooks Kepka. Um, I couldn't identify Brooks Kepka. <laughs> Patrick Reed. Any kind of short dude? He's a he's a short, bigger guy. I might be able to identify him. He's a dick. His last name's Richard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. That's it. No, I mean, I, 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 I totally mean this when I say it. I'm, I'm, I almost get kind of jealous this time of year because people are super into it, and it's like something I just never, I never got into, and so I don't keep up with it, and. I feel like a, as a sports person, I feel like a failure, but I, I, I just don't. Where I feel like I've failed, like taking our, our conversation full tilt is like the day will come. And when it does, I'll be like, dude, I told you. And he'll have to admit that I did. When Carson gets invited, like to go play golf with a girl's dad or a business thing or whatever. And he's like, I don't play. He's going to blame me. And I'm going to be like, I deserve the blame, but I did try. I did try. The ball doesn't move, man. You just sit there and knock the piss out of it. I got him some lessons, and he took them, but he just never, I think because I don't play. Like, I've heard him describe himself as I'm a lot like my dad, and I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't do that to me because that's not good. I would. Like, uh, when people go, he reminds me so much of Laura, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <sighs> Thank goodness. And then they're like, but he's really competitive like you were. And I'm like, yeah, I see that. And that's not like he got a yellow card Saturday. Let's go. Yeah. And, and Tell was, him I'm proud of him. And, and I watched it unfold. And I went on one hand. I'm kind of like, I've seen that before. <laughs> kind of live that. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, man. That's not good, you know. <laughs> That's not good. You don't, you don't want to be like me. Don't don't do it. Go. That's okay. It's that's why when, when when later later that day he goes, hey, I'm I'm gonna meet with a bunch of my friends. We're gonna go play pickleball and stuff. I'm like, oh, thank God. Good, good. You do that. Don't don't hide in your room by yourself. Hey, last thing. <laughs> speaking of pickleball, I, don't know, I know you didn't see this, but um, I was waiting on uh, AJ and the Battlehawks played after played Saturday on ESPN or something. So I'm yeah. waiting on or Sunday. So I was waiting on the game to come on. Like it's coming on like one or two or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they had the national pick world champion pickleball on ESPN before it. Yeah, and so that's like a hot sport, man. Hot sport, man. I'm not a pickleball guy. I yeah, get into that I've way. never played either. But Rich Rod, Matt Luke, all those guys are in it. So they get to the Carson and his buddies play all the time. Like it's apparently oh, like it's the, the high school kids. They they play tons of it. They love it. Yeah, just had, not for your boy. So they get to the game, whatever, and the offensive coordinator for. Um, the Arlington team, he is a different bird, you know. And how they do the shots of the press box and call on stuff. On his call sheet, he had a envelope, like a not envelope, a folder, manila folder. And so he held his call sheet up like this into the camera, and it said, I am the real uh, world pickleball champion. <laughs> like, he knew. Like, that's pretty smart. Like, he knew what was coming on. He had that's to know great. what was coming on. That's great. And he, you know, handed over the pen great. or whatever. That's great. And, like, 
he and he held it up the whole the whole game. He held it up in front of the in front of the That's camera. Great. That's funny. And so good uh, for him. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Hey, we've been brought to you by uh, Walk On Sports Bistro. Don't forget they put everything they've got into making um, bringing you game day. If you're watching the Masters, be a great place to watch. Taste of Louisiana. They got the uh, made from scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp. Uh, fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. And we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. You may have noticed that uh, it's getting muggy outside. It's getting warm. If you haven't gotten your AC checked out, now's a good time to do that. <laughs> Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-4429. And again, we've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push your limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Anything else? That's it, man. Go Tiger. I might come with my red and black and my tiger giddy up on on Thursday. Good luck to your Huskies tonight in the uh, championship I'll game. be in a good mood or a bad mood. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll cheer for you guys. Go Huskies. Go Huskies. Uh, so for Tyler, I'm Neil. Until next time, take care.